I'd like to invite you to join me in the reading of the word this morning. We will be reading from John chapter 3, verses 16 through 20. Let us read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Sometimes parents will say, this baby is a total surprise. I just don't know how it happened. We know the science, but perhaps because it was not planned, it is considered to be a total surprise. Baby Jesus was an astonishing surprise to Joseph and to Mary. She even asked the angel when he came to announce his birth, how can this be? Joseph could not understand it either. And he had a difficult time believing it. However, the eternal father, the gift giver, knew it all along. He planned Christ's birth back in the Garden of Eden when Eve fell into human sin and Adam as well. In Genesis 3.15, we find the first promise of redemption. Baby Jesus was not only precious, he was also truly divine. This word divine is not just a term of endearment. It is a description of his unique status. In Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 14, we read that a multitude of heavenly appeared, praising God and announcing the birth of Jesus. We must remember that this baby grew up, and not only was he, and still is, precious and divine, but he is also dangerous. Now, I know you're thinking she definitely lost her marbles this morning. Dangerous? Yes, dangerous. Jesus came to destroy the work of the enemy of our souls. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the world forces of darkness, the spiritual forces of wickedness 
in heavenly places. There is a spiritual realm, my friends. We cannot see it, yet it is very real. And just because we might not see it or touch it, it doesn't mean that it is not real and that it is not there. And Jesus came to destroy the forces of darkness. He is dangerous. Dangerous is a side of Jesus we tend to forget. It is disturbing to us. Jesus came to bring world order. The lion will dwell with the lamb, Isaiah 11.6, or also, there will be no more tear, no more sadness, no more sicknesses, no more pain, no more separation from our loved ones, Revelation 21.4. The day Jesus was born, not only did the spiritual world shudder, but so did the rulers of the present age. Jesus' coming into the, this earth was, and still is today, a threat to the political, cultural, and economic forces who try to undermine his will. In Matthew chapter 2, we read that when the astrologers from the east arrived to Jerusalem, you know, they remember they had seen the star, they knew a king was born. And when they followed the star and they got there, they thought, well, he's a king. He must have been born at a palace. So we went, he, they went to the palace and they met um, the king, King Herod. And they asked him, well, wh where is the baby king? The one who was born. Herod didn't know anybody, anything about it. Right away, he felt threatened. Remember, he was Herod the Great. He had no mercy. He had already killed his two sons and his wife. And so he didn't know about it. He, the Bible says that he was troubled. Herod the Great? Troubled? He was wealthy. He was powerful. He was ruthless. He didn't take challenges lightly. Baby Jesus was a threat to him. So he ordered all the babies to be killed. Jesus, the Son of God, threatened the unjust power systems of this world. He was dangerous to them, and still today, he is dangerous. I know many of us would rather think of Jesus as a meek and mild and sweet healer, or one who noticed the woman at the well and offer her living water, or the Messiah who one day was walking down the streets of Jerusalem and he looked up 
And there was this man who had been rejected by society because he was a tax collector. And he was stealing from the people and he, he was despised. And he wanted to take a good look at Jesus, but he didn't want Jesus to see him because he was ashamed. Yet as Jesus got close to that sycamore tree, he looked up and said, Oh, Zach, come on down. I'm going to your house for dinner. Come on, fix me some good meat and potatoes. And right away, people were murmuring, Oh, now he's eating with sinners. Imagine that. Yes, Jesus is all of that. Sweet and tender and mild and just. And there is another side to Jesus. One who offers divine grace and justice. He expressed anger when he saw how the money changers were taking advantage of the poor and the innocent were coming to the temple to worship. And he told them, you have turned my father's house into a den of thieves. John 2.16. He expressed discontent when the religious leaders abused and twisted the word of God to their advantage. My friends, an encounter with the living God is always dangerous. It is dangerous for those who opposed him as well as those who are willing to follow him. It was dangerous for Mary and Joseph. They surrendered their plans and their reputation to God. I, I want you for a minute to think about Mary's situation. You know, a lot of times we think, oh, well, how great it was. This young girl now all of a sudden is pregnant with the Son of God. Well, at the beginning, really, it wasn't that great. She was young, beautiful, innocent, but she was also engaged to a man to be married can you imagine when Mary was going to Publix, walking down the street, and her belly was showing, and the other people were murmuring? Look how pregnant she is. Oh, and I heard that the father is not Joseph. Go figure. Who would have known that of that girl? And then on the other hand, there's Joseph. Older, a righteous man, hard-working man. He had been saving all the money to get a little house for them. And all of a sudden, all his dreams were shattered when he finds out that the woman that he's engaged to is having a baby, and he knows that he knows that he knows it, it is not his baby. Until the angel appeared and revealed to him, Joseph, this is of God, and you shall call his name 
Jesus. It was dangerous on that road to Bethlehem for the census. Now, take Nicodemus, for example. The scriptures that we read this morning is a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a righteous man too. Well-educated, upper-class man. He was a teacher of the law. He was a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin were the legislative body in Israel. Uh, a group comprised of 70 to 72 teachers of the law and rulers. Now, Nicodemus knew that what he was about to do was dangerous. And that's why he went to visit Jesus at night. He didn't want anybody to know that he was going to meet Jesus. The one who had been going around town preaching and teaching and delivering people and healing people and, and creating chaotic scenes. So he waited till nighttime, and he went to see him. And it was to Nicodemus that Jesus says, For God so loved the world, Nicodemus, that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever believes in him will not die, but have eternal life. Oh, it was dangerous. But still, Nicodemus, like many of us, had a thirst for the life that Jesus came to bring us. A life that is abundant and eternal. And we can have it here and now. He was a devout religious person, but he was lost. And he recognized that Jesus was divine, that Jesus had been sent by God to Israel. You see, just because you're a religious person, it doesn't mean that you're saved. Religion is man-made, and the religious people put Jesus on the cross. And the religion, if Jesus came today as a baby again, the religious people would put him on the cross again. Jesus came to build relationship, to build a bridge between God and humanity. He came to redeem us. What he wants to have with us is a relationship. And that was the message that Jesus gave Nicodemus. It was a dangerous encounter. That night, Jesus let Nicodemus know that salvation was not for the chosen few, the religious few of Israel, but for whosoever believed in him. 
What a message that was. You see, I, I don't think we really understand that because we're so used to hearing that now. That we don't even really truly think about what a powerful message that is. After this secret encounter, this dangerous encounter with Jesus, Nicodemus' life was never the same. Perhaps he remained a secret follower. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say that much about what happened. Nevertheless, we read in John chapter 19, verse 38, that Nicodemus came to help Joseph to prepare Jesus' body after his death. So I believe that he became a powerful follower of Jesus Christ. It was dangerous for the disciples who left behind their nets to follow Jesus. Can you imagine when those men went home and told his wife, their wives, I'm no longer going to be a fisherman. I'm going to follow this guy that I just met. Can you imagine the wife saying, what? It was dangerous for the Apostle Paul. He was accused of wrongdoing, stoned, imprisoned, shipwrecked, etc. And it is dangerous for us as well today. Why? Because he calls us to go to dark places and be agents of light. To leave our place of comfort and invite others to a relationship with him. He calls us to give sacrificially of our time, our prayers, our services. And yes, our finances too. So that the kingdom of God can continue to operate here on earth. So that we can go beyond our community. He expects us to raise our voices against injustice and to minister to the homeless and to the least of these. If you don't think that following Jesus is a dangerous call, then there's something wrong in our walk. God, the gift giver, is expectant and dangerous. He sent his son, his son into the world one day, I don't know if it was day or night. Some people say it was a night, but I don't know for sure. But he sent him to do dangerous work in this world. He sent him to destroy the power of death and sin and to restore us into a right relationship with the Father. To show, show us 
to demonstrate to us his boundless love and his amazing grace. What is our response to this dangerous invitation? To continue in the comfort of our pews, chairs, or to follow him, no matter the cost, while we take a stand for what we believe, saying where you take me, I will follow. Having that inner knowing that you know that you know that you know that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And the one who calls you equips you. And when he invites, he provides. Over and over again. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that in the fullness of time, you send your begotten son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. And your people were waiting for him. They have been waiting for over 700 years. It was a dangerous call because he came to destroy the work of sin and the work of Satan and today you're asking us the question as we used to sing about many years ago in the camp meetings are ye able said the master are ye able said the master to follow me. May we answer with confidence. Yes, Lord, we are able to follow you. No matter how dangerous it is. No matter how much we suffer. Because we know that the one who calls is faithful. We know that the one who calls is coming back again. And this time he's not coming back as a gentle baby, but as a lion of Judah, the great king, the mighty savior. And today we join the angels and archangels saying, Come, O long-awaited Jesus. Come. I pray for boldness. I pray for confidence. In Jesus' name, amen.